0: Hey there, it's Monday, October 17th, 2022, and we've got the latest information on what's happening in the cannabis industry. So get ready, because this is the M-News Now. John Schroyer, who's the chief correspondent for MJ Biz Daily, recently wrote about the upcoming elections. He wrote that the outcome of this year's elections could be incredibly important for cannabis legal issues, and those in the industry. Schreuer points out that if Republicans take control of at least one of the two chambers of Congress, that could drastically impact any chances for moving cannabis measures forward. It is largely expected that the U.S. House of Representatives will have a Republican majority after this November's voting. But some say the bigger concern is the U.S. Senate. Right now, the Senate's at a 50-50 tie, with Democratic Vice President Kamala Harris being the tie-breaking vote on issues. Justin Striekel, who's the founder of Better Organizing to Win Legalization Political Action Committee, or Bullpack, and he's also a former lobbyist for Normal, he said that he's really worried about the Senate, based on the new voting district maps which favor the Republicans. Striekel said, if Republicans regain control of the Senate under Mitch McConnell as the speaker, they will absolutely not move comprehensive marijuana reform. Other cannabis advocates in Washington, D.C. agreed. If that happens, we would have at least another four years with no movement on cannabis legalization, with voters waiting until 2026 to potentially put more Democrats in office. Steve Hawkins, the former CEO of the U.S. Cannabis Council, spoke of how he thinks cannabis legalization is still moving forward, and he gave his thoughts on what will ultimately happen. He said, The main trend is that we'll continue overall to gain support in Congress as we see a younger generation come to Congress, regardless of their political affiliation. But waiting for a younger generation to come to office could take quite a while. And hopefully we won't have to wait that long. The Washington, D.C. think tank, the Brookings Institution, analyzed candidates seeking federal office and found that the overwhelming majority of them refused to publicly weigh in on the issue of cannabis legalization. Brookings researchers analyzed publicly stated views of over 2,300 candidates running in U.S. congressional primaries, and they reported... The vast majority of candidates, 81.4%, made no mention of cannabis reform at all on their websites and social media. Brookings researchers also pointed out that this ambiguous stance clashes with the clear national popularity of cannabis reform by voters. The researchers stated that voters should be pushing legislators to make clear statements of support for reform. Paul Armentano, who's the deputy director for the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws, or NORMAL, responded to this research by saying, Voters' views on the subject of legalizing and regulating cannabis have evolved significantly over the past decades. However, the views of those seeking to represent them in Congress have not kept pace with this seismic shift in public opinion. Candidates' failure to advocate for marijuana policy reform is a missed opportunity, as this is a unique issue that unites voters irrespective of party affiliation. And he's right. The number of voters from all political parties who support cannabis legalization keep rising. Polls from Gallup and others show over and over that the majority of all voters, nearly three-fourths, support legalizing marijuana for recreational use in adults. The support for medical use is even higher, with more than 90% of Americans saying that medical marijuana should be legal. Among the relatively few political candidates who do state their position on cannabis, a clear difference was noted. The majority of elected representatives who are in support of cannabis legalization are Democrats, and the vast majority of opposers are Republicans. The researchers stated, Although more than 90% of Republican candidates failed to mention cannabis at all, 4.1% of them staked out an anti-cannabis reform position. On the other hand, only three of the 962 Democratic primary candidates opposed reform. Their Brookings analysis concluded, In sum, cannabis as a political issue has risen in importance over the past 25 years. The issues become more popular. However, most candidates for federal office do not see cannabis as an issue prominent enough to discuss, and deep partisan differences still remain among elected officials, even as support for cannabis in the general public has exploded in recent years. Commenting on those conclusions, Normal's political director, Morgan Fox, said, The underlying message of this study is clear. Voters must let their elected and prospective federal representatives know that this issue is important to them. Despite many of the cannabis policy reforms being highly popular issues among voters, such legislation continues to be a low priority for all but a few lawmakers. Voters all across the country need to show lawmakers that they benefit from publicly supporting and prioritizing sensible cannabis policies and that they'll face political consequences for inaction and obstruction. A full text of the report is available from the Brookings Institution's website. And additional information on the candidates' and elected officials' positions on cannabis policy is available from the normal voter guide, Smoke the Vote. California officials announced this month that the state will be awarding up to $20 million in grants from cannabis tax revenue. The Department of Cannabis Control said that grants will go to public colleges and universities for researching cannabis issues. Those topics would include the prevention of monopolies, securing the genetics of legacy strains, cannabis potency and cannabinoid analysis, the health of the state's marijuana industry, and data on medical use. The Department of Cannabis Control's director, Nicole Elliott, said in a press release, Our hope is that research resulting from these grants proves beneficial not only to California policymakers but also to those across the nation and the world. The Department of Tax and Fee Administration reported that since the state's adult use market launched in 2018 through July of 2020, California took in nearly $4 billion in marijuana tax revenue. So despite problems for those in the industry, the state's coffers have benefited by larger and larger amounts every year, with the last fiscal year showing a 55 percent gain over the prior period. Starting today, Uber Eats in Toronto, Canada will begin delivering cannabis. Uber Eats is partnering with cannabis website Leafly to deliver from three Toronto cannabis retailers called Hidden Leaf Cannabis, Minerva Cannabis, and Shiva's Rose. Uber Eats had previously ventured into cannabis in a more limited way. For the last year, Uber Eats users in Toronto have been able to use the platform for cannabis orders, but only as a pre-order that they then must pick up themselves from the store. But now… Customers can have Uber Eats deliver their cannabis right to them. Leafly's CEO, Yoko Miyashita, said, We are thrilled to work with Uber Eats to help licensed retailers bring safe, legal cannabis to people across the city. It won't be regular Uber Eats drivers who are bringing your weed to you. Uber Software will work with individual cannabis shops who then need to hire and train their own staff to deliver the orders that were placed through the Uber Software. What that means is that you'll have to place a second Uber Eats order for the food and snacks that you're sure to need. That's all you need to know for today. Be sure to keep listening for the latest updates. And follow us on TheMNewsNow.com. Later!